Democrats cancel Thanksgiving. Not so fast. And a bourbon aged in cranberry bogs? Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Real. Connecticut rapper comes to Gurkha. Mild, creamy, and smooth. GurkhaCigars.com. By New World from A.J. Fernandez. There's a new world for every palate. From the mild, creamy New World Connecticut to the medium, spicy New World Cameroon to the ultra-flavorful, bold New World Oscuro. AJFCigars.com Greetings and salutations from Command Center Alpha. This is your five-star global general and Alpha Male-in-Chief Alpha Dave, and welcome to Alpha Male Lifestyle Conversation and Commentary. Now, the election over a week ago, fraudulent, ripe with corruption, stinks to high heaven. Much is going on on that front. Lawsuits all over the place. Demands of not recounts, but of ballot canvassing and ballot audits. There is no doubt in my mind that what we saw take place on election day, election night, the wee hours of the morning, absolute fraud. There is absolutely no way that President Trump lost that election. Now, I'm not going to concentrate on that now, but I can tell you that as the situation warrants with various developments, I will update you on these bold alpha podcasts. But let's talk, first of all, Democrats canceling Thanksgiving. First up, People's Republic of California. Gavin Newsom, governor, the Fuhrer of California, coming out saying that Thanksgiving needs to be altered. The one holiday per year, I would say Christmas, yes, certainly right up there. But as far as I'm concerned, Thanksgiving is a holiday in the United States that I think is primo number one. I believe it, at least up until this year, the number one travel holiday in the United States. Busiest travel day of the year, usually the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, people want to go home. It's, it's a holiday no matter what your religion you celebrate. You're American, you celebrate Thanksgiving. Very popular holiday, obviously. It's a holiday I think we look forward to. It starts the holiday season between Thanksgiving and New Year's. That's really the kickoff. And it's a festive holiday. We get to eat, we watch football, smoke cigars, enjoy libations. Families are together, much socialization. That is the fabric of America. But leave it to the enemy of America Democrats who want to destroy Thanksgiving, all under the guise of, as President Trump would say, that little invisible enemy, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, or as the libs and dems like to refer to it as COVID-19, because it's politically correct. Oh, no, we can't say that it came from China. Can't say that the Chinese Communists knew what was going on and didn't stop it. No, 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 no. We have to call it some fabricated bullshit political correct name, COVID-19. Thanksgiving, the time we all get together, we celebrate Gavin Newsom in California putting the kibosh. 
saying that there's a limit on the number of people you can have, the number of families, that Thanksgiving must take place outside, can't have it inside, saying to Californians that there is a limit of, I don't know, two hours, three hours where you can get together, you can't sing, speak loudly, you can't, uh, you, you can't allow your voice to travel because it could spread the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. And oh, by the way, if somebody needs to use the lavatory, the restroom in a person's house, they can do so as long as between visitors to the restroom, it is sanitized. Are you kidding me? Where on earth do these governors and mayors think that just because there is a pandemic, a pandemic that is now getting blown way out of proportion, that all of a sudden they can abandon the Constitution and civil liberties and, and rights in the United States, blow up the Constitution? And these governors, Governor Newsom, the legislature didn't give him that power. The legislature didn't pass any laws, and it doesn't stop in California. Kim Jong Cuomo, the Fuhrer, commandant of the crumbling empire state of New York, came out a couple of days ago and saying, we need to limit Thanksgiving celebrations. So a limit on the number of people, how many hours you can be there, all this other nonsense. Now, are they going to have the Thanksgiving, Wuhan virus police knock on your door and say, excuse me, we've got a complaint saying that there's more than 10 people here. So therefore, we need to come in and issue you a citation. Not so fast. And the reason is, there's no law on the books in New York State, in California, and in Chicago, Mayor Lori Ding Dong Lightfoot. Talk about one of the dumbest mayors dumbest politicians in America, while every weekend there are 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 shootings, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 deaths. She's worried about people enjoying some Thanksgiving turkey and stuffing and the fixings? you got to be kidding me. Meanwhile, typical Democrats, do as I say, not as I do. Do you think that Governor Cuomo or Newsom, or Lightfoot are going to interrupt their Thanksgiving celebration and follow their own rules? Hell no. Perfect example. Mayor Muriel Bow Wow Bowser, mayor of Washington, went up to celebrate Joe Biden's fraudulent election and his claim that he is now the president-elect a week ago tomorrow. Goes up to Wilmington, Delaware. Comes back to Washington. And you say, okay, well, what's the problem? She went to Wilmington, Delaware, came back. Okay, no big deal. You can travel. Ah, again, not so fast, my fellow alphas, because Mayor Muriel Bow Wow Bowser put in place a self-quarantine edict whereby if you go to certain hotspot states and Delaware is one of them, you must come back and quarantine for, I believe, seven days, 14 days, whatever the case may be. So she goes up for the night, comes back the next day, and when asked by the media, are you going to quarantine yourself, self-quarantine pursuant to your own edict that you issued in Washington, D.C.? 
typical hypocritical response. No, because I'm essential personnel. Who else said that? That would be one Kim Jung Andrew Cuomo. When he went down to South Carolina, supposedly just to thank South Carolinians for sending up, what, 10 ventilators? He essentially says, well, I'm going to come back to New York. I'm just going down for the weekend. And when he's asked, again, are you going to quarantine? Because you went to a hotspot state. You got to quarantine for 14 days. No, because I'm essential personnel. You see what they do? They're all essential. But the rest of the citizens, we're all plebes. We're all minions. We're all just bottom-of-the-barrel deplorables. We have to follow their rules, but they don't have to follow their own rules. Typical hypocritical Democrats. So Cuomo goes down to South Carolina. It was bullshit that he went to thank the South Carolinians for giving him 10 ventilators. He went down to start politicking and get his national name visibility up. That's all he did. Had nothing to do with thanking ventilators, thanking South Carolinians for letting New York use some ventilators, but then flies right back up after a nice weekend in South Carolina. Doesn't have to quarantine. You and I do. They'll have National Guardsmen and women at the airport stopping, making sure you fill out the forms. Where did you come from? I mean, we are seeing Gestapo-like tactics. So now you've got the governor of California, the governor of New York, and the mayor of Chicago, who, by the way, is also now imposing a lockdown on Chicago for 30 days. And now supposedly the, not supposedly, but one of the members of treasonous Joe Biden's supposed transition team, and I use that with air quotes because the election is not decided. I still firmly believe that President Trump will be administered the oath of office on January 20th, 2021 at high noon. Not so fast on declaring Biden the winner. Loads of rampant fraud. Lawsuits are going to uncover everything. Total, absolute shenanigans that took place in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Nevada, in Arizona. Did I say Pennsylvania? Yeah, I think I did. But if not, Pennsylvania. Don't want to miss out any states. Total shenanigan fraud criminal activity. It is an illegitimate vote count. But what are the Democrats, what are we seeing from the Democrats? They're using a crisis, the pandemic, to institute all their draconian lockdowns. And you're seeing it from the elites. You're seeing it from the European Union, all these these swamp rats. And the swamp isn't just in Washington, D.C. It's in capitals in Europe and states. But what are we seeing? They're using this to say, oh, we've got to forget the legislature, forget normal civil liberties in the United States. Nope, 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 forget about that. The bottom line is we can use the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus to dictate control, new laws. Folks, this is the same bullshit that the Nazis did. If you think that we should sit back and just say, okay, fine, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, like little lemmings, like we did in April, where when phony Fauci came out and said, look, first actually he came out in January and said, this is going to be a little cold, don't even worry about it. Then, of course... He says, don't worry about a mask. You don't need a mask. No, that does more harm than good. Then all of a sudden, we need to lock down the country. A pause for two weeks. So President Trump goes along with it. 
I went along with it. I said, okay, yep, that makes sense. And then he came back and said, well, we need another three, four weeks. Okay, fine, let's get rid of this thing once and for all. Then we need the mask mandates. And here's what's interesting. We keep hearing from these Dem officials, these Dem, these Dem governors and the, the uh, bureaucrats at the NIH and CDC, we need to wear masks, wear masks. You can save lives. Well, guess what? Everywhere you go in this country, virtually everywhere, there may be some states, but in Florida there's no mask mandate, but almost every county has enacted a mask mandate. You go into the supermarket, you got to have a mask on. You know, here's an interesting, funny thing. I go into Whole Foods last week, and I was on the phone, and I ended up transferring the call from my, my car's Bluetooth, and then I used like a little wired headphone that I like. I don't like the wireless Bluetooth for, for talking, you know, for a little headset. So I actually have the one that plugs in. So I plug that in, I start walking in. And so I go in, and they have the hot bar, and I had to pick up a few things, and you got to sanitize your hands and put the glove on. And all these people are looking at me, and I'm like, what are they looking at me for? And then I realized, oh, shit, I don't have my mask on. Now, nobody stopped me when I walk in. There was a guard there. He never even said anything. There was another person, and, and actually I looked, and I said, and I'd taken a few things I put in the car, and I looked at the lady. I said, oops, I just realized I forgot to wear my mask. And she just kind of gave me this look, and so I went out, picked up my my mask in the car, brought it in. But everywhere you go, you have to wear a mask. You go into a restaurant until you sit down, you got to wear a mask. Go into a supermarket, wear a mask. I had to get dog treats for Pendragon's Royal Baron, my German Shepherd canine companion and security detail. I had to wear a mask going in and getting dog treats for him. So this nonsense that we need more mask mandates. There are mask mandates. And people yet are still getting it. Europe locked down. The United States and many Democrat states, they locked down. And now it's spiking. Again, I travel with my hydroxychloroquine, my zinc, and my azithromycin. I'm ready to go. And also pursuant to what I have read all the literature, take quercetin and zinc. I'm not telling you to take it. I'm just doing the research. Make your own decision. I take 5,000 IU of, or milligrams, whatever. I think it's IU of vitamin D3, 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I take a baby aspirin, which I take anyway. And uh, that combination quercetin-zinc acts similar to hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Now, do I still wash my hands? Absolutely. I've always washed my hands. I wash my hands 100 times a day. Everybody should. It's still disgusting when you go into a restroom and you see some guy that pees, doesn't touch anything, and just walks out. And I'm like, that is just disgusting. I told one guy. He's walking out. And I said, hey, wash your hands, man. And he said, well, no, I didn't touch anything. I said, you're in a restroom. Wash your hands. I said, come on. And he looked and said, yeah, yeah, you're right. Or you see people that turn the water on for two seconds, don't use soap. Alphas, real alphas, use soap and water and wash their hands for 20, 30 seconds vigorously. And if you don't, get the hell out. Stop listening. Don't listen to Bold Alpha until you change your ways. I don't want to hear any of you say, well, you know, I, I, I peed, but I didn't touch anything. You go into a restroom, wash your hands. Even then, I Sometimes every hour I'll go just wash my hands because I like the feeling, not only of my hands feeling clean, but also getting rid of the germs. Common sense. So what we're seeing, though, now are dictates from these governors that, and mayors that don't have the authority, they don't have the power. This is all about control. 
and the dumb lemmings in those states. Now, not alphas. We look and say, not so fast. You want to come into my house? The cops knock. First thing I say is I, I come out, I open my door, I go outside, I don't even let them look in. I say, do you have a search warrant? And if they say, well, no, we don't, fine, come back with a search warrant. Do you think a judge, first of all, do you think they're even, do you think the cops really want to be the, the Thanksgiving police and make sure and check to see if you've got 10 people or 11 people and if you're outside or if the restrooms are getting sanitized every, uh, between, between visits? You've got to be kidding me. They don't want to be going and doing that nonsense. But in the event, cop knocks on your door. First thing you tell them, do you have a search warrant? And they say, no, well, fine. Then when you have a search warrant, please come back and knock, and then we can discuss. They're not going to get a search warrant. You think a judge is going to say at Thanksgiving, saying, wait a minute, Mr. Mr. Police Chief, uh, you want me to give you a search warrant for the Jones residence because they had 13 people and they were, they were congregating for more than the two or three hours allowed? Uh, and they were singing or they were telling jokes and they were loud, yeah, go pound sand. There's no, there's no basis of law to do that. No judge is going to issue a search warrant. Not going to happen. No cops are going to get a search warrant for Thanksgiving festivities and gatherings. Not going to happen. But we cannot sit and roll over and say, no problem, whatever they say, they know. They don't follow their own advice. So the hypocrisy runs rampant. And I'm telling you, you're going to see a lockdown of this country. Heaven help us. Treasonous uh, dementia Joe Biden is declared the winner of the presidential election by the Electoral College. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Not so fast. Not so quick. A lot has to happen prior to that. And I think President Trump has a great case. We're seeing massive voter fraud in those states, as I mentioned. So Democrats want control. They'll use Thanksgiving. They'll use Christmas. They'll use New Year's. And they would love to continue this in perpetuity. Let's say tomorrow. Magic cure. All of a sudden, the virus just leaves. Just goes. Everybody wakes up tomorrow, and the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus is finished. It's done. It's eradicated. Do you think for a second the Democrats, the Democrat governors, the Democrat mayors, the the Democrat-leaning supposed health officials and the CDC and the NIH and the health departments, do you think they're going to relinquish their newfound control and power? You know the answer to that. That's a resounding no. And we... As alphas, as Americans, as those that believe in the Constitution and our civil liberties and our rights granted under the Constitution, we must say no to the Democrats that want to use the pandemic as a means to exercise control over how we live, how we eat, how we think, where we go, what we do. And very quickly... I want to move on to the next item. Next item up for bids on The Price is Right, as they would say. But I want to bring something else up. All in this entire Chinese Communist Party Wuhan world, if you will, this universe. We have seen 
over the last six, seven months. Various opinions, various items. We've seen people saying, we're going to have a a vaccine. We're not going to have a vaccine. We're going to have therapeutics. We're not. President Trump all along, when he started Operation Warp Speed, said, we're going to have a vaccine. Clearly, he talked to the big pharmaceutical companies who don't like him because he wants to put a lid on drug prices. So what happens? President Trump says all along during the election, I think we're going to have a vaccine right around Election Day, and if not Election Day, certainly close to and by the end of the year. And what did Fauci say? He disagreed, disputed it, saying, I don't see that happening. Could be spring, could be summer. And then when Christine Wallace, at the first presidential debate, says, well, Mr. President, your own health advisors in the CDC and in the NIH are saying that there won't be a vaccine until spring or summer. What do you say? Are they lying? And he said, well, I have a disagreement, a difference of opinion. I've spoken to the pharmaceutical companies. We're making great progress. I still believe it will be around November to December, before the end of the year. And I disagree with them. And, of course, Christine Wallace, well, this is what they're saying. And what did we hear from all the Dem media? President Trump disputing what the esteemed Dr. Phony Fauci had to say. The election takes place. Six days later, on a Monday morning, what happens? Pfizer miraculously, miraculously announces that their stage three trials have gone exceedingly well, a 90% success rate, and that they're applying for emergency use authorization. This can be distributed before the end of the year to high-risk patients and frontline health workers. Stock market goes through the roof. Are you telling me that Pfizer didn't know this the week before, 10 days before the election, a day before the election? You're damn right they did. They played politics. And what happened right afterward? Phony Fauci, who for the last umpteen months kept saying, there won't be a vaccine before the end of the year. There will not be vaccines until the spring or summer. We can't get our hopes up. We still have to mask and socially distance. It's not going to change anything. This will be next summer. All of a sudden, I see him on MSNBC saying, oh, this is great news. We should have the vaccine distributed before the end of the year. Really, no shit. And he doesn't play politics? That is why I've been calling him Dr. Anthony Fauci, phony Fauci. Because he is a fraud. He is phony. He has known that hydroxychloroquine works in combination with zinc and azithromycin. But then he kept saying, well, well we don't have the double-blind trials. There have been many vaccines and many drugs that have been granted authorization because they demonstrate they work. You don't need to do a double trial. Hydroxychloroquine, zinc, azithromycin in that category. By the way, are we doing a double randomized trial for these vaccines? The answer is no. Always follow the money. And in this case... The big pharma, Pfizer, J&J, Moderna, you name it. They don't want Trump back in. Why don't they want Trump back in? Because we finally have the first president to say, wait a minute. Why is it that Americans who are funding much of this research through the NIH, by the way, why is it that Americans are paying higher drug prices than Europe, than Canada, than South America? We're getting screwed. 
Americans should not get screwed. So he's the first one to say, we're going to make a change. We're going to make change that, that every American pays lower drug prices, the same prices people pay in Canada and Europe, you're going to pay here. What else did President Trump do with the terms of health and uh, the medical system? He said that you are going to be able to know before you go into a hospital, you're going to know the prices. Go into a hospital and say, okay, geez, you know, I have to have an appendectomy. Uh, what, what are the prices? They can't tell you. They don't know. The insurance companies pay for it, so you have no clue. Go to any hotel around the world. If you want to stay in, I don't care if you want to stay in Bogota, Buffalo, or Bali, go on Kayak or go on Expedia, Travelocity, and say, okay, I want to see how much the hotels are going to cost me on these dates. Bing, you know exactly how much it costs, including taxes and other guest fees. You can't do that for the health system. Nobody knows. President Trump finally saying, wait a minute. Let's bring some semblance of order so that health consumers can see exactly what they're going to be charged. Who's fighting it? The hospitals? The insurance companies? Big Pharma? So they magically released this vaccine. Everything President Trump has been saying is true. He was berated by the media, the libstream media, berated by phony Fauci saying, he doesn't know what he's talking about. This isn't going to happen. Do you think we would have a vaccine under treasonous... Uh, Joe Biden under treasonous dementia, Joe, no chance, no chance. They wouldn't even be thinking about it because they don't operate in Trump time. They operate in bureaucrat politician time, which takes forever. So as I wrap this particular item up, let me just say, do not roll over. These are tyrants. These are all tyrants Democrat tyrants that want to control your life. And we're saying no. And there's something called incrementalism. And I said this on my brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show. Uh, Actually, before it was the podcast, when it was the nationally syndicated Cigar Dave Show. And I said this about 15 years ago. At the time, the People's Republic of California was proposing a smoking ban in indoor workplaces, restaurants, public buildings, And at the time, people said, you know, that makes sense. Smoking indoors, okay, no problem. So what did the restaurants, the bars, the hospitality industry do, hotels? They built outdoor cigar smoking-friendly patios where they had a sign saying, this is a smoking area, it's outside. They covered it, they put umbrellas, they made it comfortable for patrons to enjoy a cigar. Great, no problem. After the smoking ban was enacted a few years later, what did the enemies of pleasure do in California? They then went back and said, well, you know, because the smoking ban indoors has worked so well, now we need to enact a smoking ban outdoors. So outdoor restaurants that have patios, restaurants that have outdoor patios, bars that have outdoor patios, hotels, we need to enact a smoking ban there. And then, of course, what happened? Everybody went, yep, okay, fine. That was the start of a term called incrementalism. I created, I essentially named it at that time, incrementalism. It is like a cockroach. If you let one cockroach in the house, sooner or later you're going to have a second cockroach, a third cockroach, a fifth cockroach, then the next thing you know you're swarmed with cockroaches, as Tony Montana would say. 
What happened next? The incrementalist enemies of pleasure in California said, well, because the smoking ban has worked so well now outside for restaurants and bars and hotels, now we need to enact a smoking ban on city sidewalks, in parks, on the beach, every other public place. And what do you know? It gets enacted. And I always said, that when the enemies of pleasure are done with your cigars, what are they going to go after next? And I said they're going to go after your food and your drink. And sure enough, what did we see? Soda's evil. We need to put a one cent. It's only a one cent per ounce tax. But then when you look at that tax, it essentially is about a 35 to 60% tax, depending on the size of soda that you are purchasing. Just a penny. And we'll, we'll take that money and use it for childhood health care and welfare and, 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 and health. And people looked and said, like dumb lemmings, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Then they're starting to come after what? Your meat, your other foods, your junk foods, your, your snacks. And then they want a snack tax. Then they're going after your spirits. And they're going to go after your coffee. And I have said this. And the people initially that said, look, I think a soda tax is a great idea. Well, all of a sudden, when they went after their Doritos and their Lay's potato chips and their Ruffles and their kettle chips, people said, wait a minute. That's not fair. And I said, you better be careful. Even if you don't smoke cigars, you better fight that because once they start, they don't stop. And they didn't. And then we said, well, what's next? I'll tell you what's next. What you just saw. It is the incrementalism of control, of government control over where you congregate, how you socialize, how you travel, by using a pandemic, by using a virus to knock down all of your civil rights, all of your liberties granted under the Constitution. Incrementalism. We're seeing it. And if you think that they're finished here, they're going to use, if we don't, if we don't say enough's enough, they're going to continue on. And sooner or later, we are going to see, I saw a great quote Where is this quote? Let me see. I think I have it right here. And now they're going after our speech. We're seeing this. Here we go. This is from George Orwell from 1984. The further a society drifts from truth, the more it will hate those that speak it. Let me repeat that. The further a society drifts from truth, the more it will hate those that speak it. Does that sound familiar? What are we seeing now by big tech? What are we seeing from Facebook and Twitter and YouTube? If you state something they disagree with that doesn't fall in line with their politics, they hate those of you that speak it, and then they deplatform you and they censor you. And if you think censorship is finished, you better think again. I mean, we saw that people saying, oh, anybody that was complicit in President Trump being elected or served in his administration or did anything in the administration or supported them, even if you're a voter, we need to come after you. What do we, wake up in 1930s Nazi Germany? These, I, I say, there's no such thing as a moderate Democrat anymore. That is an oxymoron. They are leftist, socialist, Marxists that belong to the Democrat Party. And even when one of the members of the House, Abigail Spainberger, who said, listen, on a, on a, on a 
conference call with all the Democrats in the House, said, we need to stop talking about Marxism, socialism. People said, oh, she's a moderate. There is no such thing. She's a liberal. You have liberal, and then you have ultra-leftist. That's all you have in the Democrat Party anymore. So if we allow these leftists, these radicals, these Marxists, these these governors and mayors, government officials that want to control your life, we are doomed. We are screwed. So I say, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Does that mean don't be smart and, and have 50, 100 people over? No. But you should have your family, and if there are some people in your family that are susceptible, they have multiple other conditions, they are, they are senior citizens, then yes, take extra precautions. Take extra precautions. Make sure that you ultra-social distance. Make sure that, yes, that they do have a mask or that when you're around them, you have a mask. That's fine. We're not saying be stupid about it, but we're also saying let's not overreact and let's not lose our liberties. The weekend is upon us. It's been a stressful, tumultuous week, actually about a week and a half since the fraudulent election. We have not given up hope. President still has legal means to fight the fraud, and that the Trump campaign shall do. So we need a cigar that is going to get us in the right frame of mind for the weekend. And I have a cigar that will just kick things off the right way. Not overpowering, not too weak, just the right amount of flavor and strength. And that is the Gurkha Real. Connecticut rapper comes to Gurkha. Gurkha Real uses a Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper, Dominican Olor Binder, it will give it just a tad bit of sweetness, Dominican Criollo 98, and Nicaraguan Long Fillers for just the right amount of flavor. The result, a medium, really a mellow to medium-bodied cigar taste profile with incredible smoothness. Just nice balance, notes of cream, cedar, a slight sweet finish, it's a great any time of day cigar. So give the Gurkha Real a try, and it will go very well with the next spirit that I'm about to, or the, the next item that I have up that I want to discuss, this new bourbon from Jefferson's, GurkhaCigars.com. Now, as I was mentioning bourbon, let's face it, I could go through a barrel full of bourbon uh, easily every day for the last 10 days with the nonsense going on with the election. One of the very unique spirits, unique bourbons that I found, geez, got to be, I would say, about 10 years ago, was the Jefferson's Reserve. At the time, I was going into a retailer, and they were featuring this new small batch boutique bourbon called Jefferson's Reserve 17. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, small batch. I looked at it. Price wasn't bad. I think the price was maybe about 60 bucks. And the guy in the store said, listen, we just got these in. And it's aged at least, I think, 15 or 17 years at the time. Really, really good. You should give it a try. I said, you know what? I will. Took it home. Beautiful. Incredibly tasty, smooth, nice oaky finish. And it was so good that I said, I'm just going to use it and I'm going to take it in small increments. I'm not going to over, I'm not going to open the bottle and finish it, you know, in a, in a month. Not going to happen. So I actually happened to be bringing the Jefferson's Reserve 17 for one of our brother podcasts, our Cigar Dave uh, annual Bourbon Heritage Month tasting edition of the uh, Cigar Dave show. 
And I have the Jefferson 17. Tommy Diadio, who is the Senior Executive Vice President of the Corona Cigar Stores and Lounges in Orlando and the Davidoff Cigar uh, Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. He starts drinking it, and he's laughing. He's got this smile on his face. And I said, what's so funny? He said, you know what you're sitting on? I said, yeah, Jefferson's Reserve. He goes, no, that's the same juice. That essentially is Pappy Van Winkle. That is the Pappy Van Winkle 20 that you have. And he said they took the same initially when Jefferson's Reserve came out. They took that, they bottled it, and then the Pappy came out, and the rest was history. So I'm looking, and because he had must have had like three shots. And I said, Tommy, now that you tell me that, put the lid on that. Forget it. I'm going to save that. He said that bottle is probably worth uh, about $1,200, $1,300 that you have. So needless to say, I've been using it very sparingly. But then they came out with a very unique series called the Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. And the founder of Jefferson's, who started the company back, I believe, in 19, I want to say maybe around 1997, he had a great idea, Trey Zeller. And what he did was he said, I'm going to do something very, very unique. What I'm going to do is take three bourbon barrels and I'm going to put them on a ship that a friend is involved with called the O-Search, O-C-E-A-R-C-H. It's a research ship that travels around the world. He took three bourbon barrels, and he wanted to, dis- to find out what would happen to the bourbon when over the course of a, I think it was about a six-month voyage around the world, what would happen to the bourbon in those barrels when they were subjected to the extreme elements of weather, temperature fluctuations, the sea salt air, the rocking of the ship with the, with the waves, what would happen? Well, they found out that it created a very dark bourbon, picked up a lot of the wood, and it almost resembled a dark rum as the sugars within the barrels caramelized. So you get some briny taste from the barrels from the sea air, which is unique to an Islay Scotch, And then you get that bourbon, so you get a bit of that sweetness, and it creates a very, very unique taste. And now they have had, I believe, uh, this is, I want to say, maybe their seventh or eighth rendition of the Ocean Aged at Sea. Well, they wanted to do one this year. And in fact, they had planned on working with Princess Cruise Lines. You will remember Princess Cruise Lines is the cruise line that uh, that was involved with the love boat. A princess cruise sailing to a port near you with Isaac, your bartender, and Dr. Bricker, and Gopher, and Julie McCoy, your cruise director, and uh, who was who else was there? Um, I'm trying to... Oh, I said Gopher, Isaac. So what do they do? They wanted to come up with something very, very unique. So what they did was they went to the cruise line. They went to Princess and said, look, we want to do something very, very unique. What we would like to do is put our barrels on your cruises, the cruise that maybe goes, you know, around whatever, the world, the Caribbean, wherever, the Pacific. And we want to hire, as our spokesperson for this, Ted Lang, who played Isaac, your bartender, for a big promotional campaign. And they want to basically put it around and, and, and come up with the ocean princess. Well, unfortunately... After discussions with the Navy, the Coast Guard, uh, a whole bunch of other entities, they said that during the 
Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus pandemic, no vessel was going to carry bourbon, and they did not recommend that. But Zeller had an interesting idea that he wanted to come up with. At last year's Thanksgiving, uh, Zeller had harvested cranberries from the famed ocean spray cranberry bogs. Now, what is a cranberry? You probably don't even know how. I thought cranberries grew on trees, right? They don't. They grow in what are called bogs in these marshlands, primarily in Massachusetts or along Cape Cod. And they actually take these giant barriers, almost like rubber barriers, and they put them in these marsh with the water, and that's where the cranberries grow. So they're like three-foot bogs, and you know they're like a sea of oceans uh, of, of cranberries. I never knew that. And so there's when you look at it, ocean spray is essentially a, I think, a, an amalgamation, a cooperative of all these cranberry growers. And obviously, Ocean Spray wants to promote cranberries. And since Sex in the City went off the air and the movies were done, I think the last movie was, I don't know, five years ago, the Cosmo, a drink that uses cranberry juice, has fallen out of favor. And so the amount of cranberries that are consumed, cranberry juice, has also gone down. So Ocean Spray said, hey, this could be an interesting idea. So what happened was Trey Zeller at Thanksgiving... He opened, now this is what he says, so who knows. Opened up a bottle of bourbon, left it overnight, didn't cork it, and there were all these cranberries that were next to the bourbon that stayed all night. Guests couldn't eat them all. When they woke up, they found that the bourbon left in the glasses and in the bottle sitting next to the uneaten cranberry sauce had unexpectedly picked up the essence of the cranberries. So Zeller said, wait a minute. What if we take our barrels, our bourbon barrels, and we submerge them or lay them into these cranberry bogs in Massachusetts? So guess what? They are introducing Jefferson's Ocean Spray Voyage, where the bourbon barrels that are sitting in the Ocean Spray cranberry bogs in Massachusetts, and I don't know how long, but... They've basically been sitting there, and they apparently are imparting some of the taste. Very subtle. It's not like you're drinking cranberry juice. So just in time for the holidays, the Ocean Spray Voyage from Jefferson's Small Batch Bourbon is being introduced. No word on the price. No word on anything else. But to me, that sounds like a very interesting spirit, especially to purchase around the holidays. And I'm a huge Jefferson's fan, not only of their ocean, but they have their very small batch. They've got uh, their old rum cask finish. They've got a twin oak. So just very unique, all small batch bourbons, range in price from 50, 60 bucks all the way to about $150, depending on what you are purchasing. So a pretty good way. Now, a cigar or a group of cigars that you could consider pairing with the Jefferson's Ocean Spray, the cranberry, not infused because they're just taking the barrels and submerging them in the cranberry bogs, would be one of the selections from the A.J. Fernandez New World series. Now, New World is a collaboration between A.J. Fernandez, one of the most highly acclaimed cigar makers, cigar blenders in the cigar universe today, and his father, Ishmael. They wanted to create cigars, paying tribute to the discovery of tobacco, the New World, 
by Christopher Columbus. So they created the New World. And it started initially with the full-bodied, very rich New World Oscuro. And then they subsequently added several additional changes to the lineup, including the mild New World Connecticut, which uses Connecticut Shade Wrapper, and then the medium spicy New World Cameroon with the ultra-flavorful, rich Cameroon wrapper, just adds a unique spice, a unique taste. And you have to remember one thing about Cameroon wrapper. Very difficult wrapper to work with, very expensive wrapper. Cameroon, not an easy country to grow tobacco, to get the tobacco uh, out of there, to get the seeds in. Just a very tough environment. But AJ did it. And then, of course, with the ultra-flavorful, bold New World Oscuro, there's a New World by A.J. Fernandez for every taste palette. Again, the mild New World Connecticut, the medium New World Cameroon. To those of you that want a full, rich experience, the flavorful, bold, rich New World Oscuro. And I guarantee you that one of the New Worlds by A.J. Fernandez, probably the, I would say, the New World Cameroon would pair very, very nicely with the new Jefferson's Ocean Spray Voyage bourbon that will be released sometime this month. So give it a try. More information, ajfcigars.com. want to just wrap up talking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up. Hard to believe we're already talking about Thanksgiving. It seems like we were just talking about the new year, and it's been a crazy 2020. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and I have a feeling the next 45 days could be even crazier. But that being said, Thanksgiving is upon us. One of my favorite holidays, love frying the turkey, love smoking a turkey. There's different methods. You have great cigars. You have football. So what we will do on an upcoming Bold Alpha, we will be talking with Colonel Ange of the Pooch Pit in the Western New York Theater of Operations. He is our expert when it comes to turkey maneuvers. So late next week, we will feature a show with Colonel Ange here on Bold Alpha, giving you all the possible methods of making and cooking your turkey. I personally love frying the turkey, and I do it with an electric fryer. No mess. It's easy. You can smoke a turkey. You can grill a turkey. You can roast a turkey. We will give you every single method. And if you have never fried a turkey before or never smoked a turkey before, get out of your comfort zone. I was initially apprehensive. I always had roasted turkey. My mother's cigar mother would, would alpha mother would cook the turkey. Or what I would do is have her cook a second turkey, then I'd split it, and then I would spatchcock that on the grill. I'd finish it off on the grill. But then when I got introduced to frying a turkey, that was it. I'm never going back to other methods except smoking a turkey. That's also a possibility. So we will feature that next week with Colonel Ange so that you have a guide as to how to make the greatest Thanksgiving turkey you have ever cooked. Let the missus handle the fixings. You handle the bird. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Bold Alpha podcast as well as our brother Cigar Dave Show podcast and make sure you give us a five-star rating. When it comes to alpha male conversation and alpha male commentary being unabashed, unafraid, not politically correct, you can be sure. Your global alpha male-in-chief and five-star general will give it to you straight, sometimes double dirty, every single time.